You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. So glad to be with you today. And joining me is two-time Stanley Cup champion and all-around good guy, University of North Dakota's own and DFW's own, Craig Ludwig. What's up, my friend? Another beautiful day in DFW. Yeah, nice uh, rain. Hey, how'd, how'd the whiskey tasting go? Oh, boy. Uh, well, it wasn't really a whiskey tasting. What we did is we took uh, uh, Kevin Mench, Derek Harper, uh, Julie Dobbs, Emily Jones, and myself went out there to do a podcast, kind of a a live uh, podcast. I don't mean live, right? But there was the, uh, people came and we did a podcast out there at Herman Marshall. So um, <laughs> it was it went uh, it was good. Yeah, there, there'll be a there'll be a little clip in there of uh, Em and Menchie having a. A discussion, we'll call it, uh, about Major League Baseball. I get, I don't, I don't know if I brought it up. I know I told them to come up there, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of on that whole clock thing. You know what I mean? The timing of the pitchers and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, M had some really good points, and she was very, uh, very committed to what she believed in. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you know how Emily Jones can get. So yeah. she was great. Anyway, so yeah, they've got a. Herman Marshall's got a really cool little spot out there in, in, in Wiley. And, um, you know, they've got a tasting uh, tasting room, I believe is what you technically call it. And so uh, that's right in the heart of downtown Wiley. And then they are also going to build a, a little venue uh, deal out there. I, somewhere nice. around three, four, five acres, somewhere like that. And so they'll have a stage and things like that. And that's where their distillery, I believe, is where they're going to set all that up there. So that nice. should be coming soon too. So, yeah. So the big boys with Harleys. Not not tricycles like like yourself, but the big mm. boys will, will be on a few of those. Herman How do you Marshall. know I don't ride a Harley? Uh, I all I have to do is see you one time, and Man. I'm like, nope, no. You'd be surprised. I look great on a hog. Now, uh, when you're talking ride a Harley, are you talking about riding bitch being the one that's kind of <laughs> sitting behind the guy that's got the bars on his? You know what I mean? Or? That should that should be our podcast picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. sorry. If you want to do a podcast picture, we'll put you in the little sidecar, <laughs> like a dog. Yeah, yeah, with a little with a little harness on, and make sure you can't yeah. jump out and <clears throat> put some goggles on you. you can <laughs> have have, your all right, kind of flapping in the wind. All right, for those listening, we will talk hockey in a second. But have you? driven in one of those sidecars and or have you driven in those vehicles uh basically the three wheelers that i see that are yeah, all fancied up now more, yeah they're a little bit more the three wheelers i i love them i think they're cool but they're stable a bit right more, well they're they're not as easy to drive i think as some people would actually think huh. um you know because you're you know it depends on how fast you're going but um 
<clears throat> yeah, you know, it's it's obviously I, I think when uh, when people that have been on bikes for a long time and they get a little bit older and I think they just feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, with the three wheels and you see a lot you see a lot of them when I ride up to uh, I jump on my bike and I ride to Wisconsin uh, pretty much every year and so um, I I will see a majority of them on there, you know, and it's a husband and wife an older couple that are on there they got they put a trailer on them and you know it's got a a lot of them I love the cool things where they got the kegs on the back, which are will be the gas tank, and you got some pretty pretty nice looking bikes. So nice, um, yeah. So I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good way to go. Now, I have gone to uh, when we were out in Sturgis once. We went to Mount Rushmore, and there's a backside of Mount Rushmore you come down, and it and for bikes it's really cool because it's a very very windy windy kind of uh on your way down like it's corner after corner one way one you know you snake your way down and i actually had a chopper there the time that i went the bad idea um on real tight corners i mean it's just a little bit more hairy but same thing on three wheelers you know you can't be going too fast around those corners so but anyway they're yeah, yeah they're they're i i love them I, I love the way they look i love some of the paint jobs they get into and things like that cool and you're on the road tomorrow you guys are going to colorado your team uh we are leaving today Oh, we okay. leave this afternoon for nice. uh, Denver, and we will have our regionals out there. Uh, we play our first game tomorrow at 2 o'clock. In the oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Best of uh, luck to you. So my first question on Spits and Suds relating to Monday night, Sean and I uh, talked and we did another pod yesterday as well, asking the energy just wasn't there like it was on Saturday. Saturday, I felt as though, wow, this is a cup contender. And then I watched Monday, and I was like, ugh. And I just wonder from a player perspective, is it possible to equal energy on consecutive games or is that normal what we saw? Um, and not even so much for me on consecutive games, where you're on the schedule. For me, it's about where they came from the playoffs last year. You know, I, I just think that <clears throat> that's that's a rivalry now. And 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 they could, you know, I mean, Calgary can climb into a spot and if Dallas stays where they are, that could be a first round matchup. And you you look at all those things and and you talk about all those things, so um, yeah, for sure. I just don't I don't understand why you don't. And, and again, it's not easy. I mean, they have a long schedule and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but the bottom line is is that you know you got a team that that you battled with last year, and there's a uh, I wouldn't say a good chance, but there's a chance that they could. That's a first round opponent. You would be starting at home if you play them, you know, and you're only 20 games or so away from the playoffs, you know? So, um, you know, again, it's, it's a couple of things that we talked about the starts, you know, and I think we talked about last time. And, and the good thing is, is that they, they have found a, an ability this year when they, when they do get behind, you know, they, they can catch up. Um, but, but again, against teams that play the way that Calgary does and Calgary is nowhere near the team that they were last year. And I think they're trying to, find it and get it back and scratch your way into the playoffs. And if they do, they could be another tough opponent to get out, but you know, they're, they're a tough team to play catch up on, you know, just their style, the way that they play the, the way that, you know, Daryl has that center has that team um, wanting to play um, when he, when they play the right, the way that he wants. And they can be, a, they're, they're a tough opponent and they've got a, They've got a goaltender that has not had a good year, and he, as of recently, um, has basically said that Markstrom's going to be his guy going on the way out, so uh, the rest of the way. So, um, you know, if that guy gets going, I mean, that was a battle last year between him and, and Jake. Oscar. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm a big anyway. Markstrom guy. So yeah. you mentioned Daryl Sutter. Over the years, what has been your run-ins with the Sutters? Such a fascinating uh, really, family. I've never really. I mean, you're always John when you play against the Sutter. Brent, I played with a little bit. Uh, Brent Sutter, and then he went on to become a coach. And um, you know, but but the other one, they were a little bit older, and so I'd really I would have been young even when I played against them, probably in Chicago. I honestly don't remember, but you know, you you know about them. Uh, <clears throat> you know, again, we all know tendencies when we play them enough you can play a couple of games you know the kind of style a guy is and you just know that they're going to be he played the way he coaches and he coaches the way he played you know he's an in your face um doesn't take a shift off <clears throat> Richie and Ronnie I played against those guys the twins and they were in your face all the time um hard to play against you know and so Daryl I think wherever he's been whether it be in LA when he won a couple cups or here or, you know he <clears throat> he wants his team to play about his personality, you know, very similar to Rod Brendamore, who's in Carolina, you know, Rod has got a personality and, and his players know his personality and they are playing um, the way that Rod Brendamore played and, and um, demands it. And I think it's the same thing with Daryl. And that's why a lot of people are questioning, why did they go out and get a guy like uh, Huberto, you know, and, you know, Huberto was a candidate, last year for you know the heart and being one of the best players I think he had 100 and some points last year when he was in Florida um just doesn't seem to fit the style um of a Daryl Sutter coach team um you know a little bit more skill and flash and dash and maybe doesn't dig in the way a Sutter player would be but he sure made a hell of a pass on that goal you know with with 10 seconds to go in the game the other night to to stick a dagger in the stars he sure did. And so I wanted to ask you from a defensive standpoint, did you feel as though both Lindell and Hockenpah were pinching too much at that point? Just a little uh, bit? I had about a 10-minute meeting about this yesterday with our players. And so I, <clears throat> yesterday morning, got up. I put that particular play <clears throat> on a video and then showed it to him when I got to the rink yesterday. And, and just had him look at it a few times. Only one of the guys had watched the game. So I just had him watch it, and I said, hey, what do you guys see? And, you know, I right after the game, I had saw some people um, <clears throat> kind of, you know, throwing a dart or two at Delandria. And only because he had the puck on the wall, there's 12 seconds to go in the game. And, <clears throat> you know, and it's like, why would he throw the puck to the middle of the ice? Well, because he's trying to get the puck on net and score a goal yeah. in the hockey you know, and now <clears throat> in a different scenario, if they were would have been protecting a lead and there's only, you know, 15, 20 seconds to go in the game and that same scenario, there's no reason if you're there to throw it to the middle of the ice. That game was tied. They wanted to win the hockey game and he was figuring I got to get it to the net. I'm again, I'm not in his head, but he's just trying to get it to that. Let's see if we can get a chance to, you know, bang it around. We got 10 seconds, see if somebody can kick it in. Now <clears throat> back to the defenseman. So Essa gets the puck with 15 seconds to go at the blue line. Essa Lindell. And if you look to the right, Yanni's right next to him, right where they should be, side-by-side, side, partners, pucks on that side of the ice. Calgary likes to bring a lot of players over, so they're where they're supposed to be. Essa throws the puck down the wall behind the, behind the boards is when Delandria comes down the opposite side to keep the puck in. Uh, Hawk and Pod does the right thing. He goes over there in case it gets by 
by Delandria or Delandria just wants to pop it back to Hawk and Pock because there's plenty of time to take a shot. Well, at 11.3 <laughs> seconds, you watch. And what happened is when the puck was behind the net, going around the back of the net on its way over to Delandria, Essa is still standing in the same spot on the wide side of the ice where he initially dumped, put the puck around the wall. And at 11.3, and this is some things we talk about, time and score, you got to know the time on the clock. You got to know the score. You got to, you have to be able to sense danger is what I'm, you know, in other words, some bad things happening. So at 11.3, when you pause it, you'll see Essa look up at the scoreboard. He's looking at the time on the clock. As he does that, he's not moving his feet. He's mm. just standing in the same spot looking up. And that's the same time that the lander tries to throw it to the net. Huberdeau's standing right in the middle of the ice. Puck comes to him. Defoley had just taken off for a home run, and he did. And Yanni couldn't catch him. You know, he was coming back. He recognized it late. But that – and Essa Lindell is a very good defenseman, a very good defensive defenseman. He finishes the checks. He blocks shots. He gets pucks out of the zone. It was a momentary lapse, and they came out on the ice. I can't remember exactly, but a minute, minute something to go in the game. So they know the time on the clock. And But I just look at it as there's an urgency there, and you could have still looked at the clock as you're moving your feet, as you're moving to the middle of the ice. And if he'd have done that, when he stopped, looked up at the clock, if he'd have just kept his feet moving, he would have been in the passing lane. And that pass probably wouldn't have gotten through, or maybe it hits his stick and, you know, it goes up in an air and in the air and, and Toffoli has a hard time crawling it. So, you know, and, and Hockenpah is chasing Toffoli up the ice because Toffoli just took, should Hockenpah yeah. have seen him? Yeah, but I can't see it. I couldn't see what exactly happened. That shot wasn't clear enough there, but to me, that's on the, on, on the offside defenseman. I mean, anytime the puck starts going to the opposite side of the ice that you play, you have to get to the middle of the ice. And you work from the middle out. And and Essa just had a, a moment of you know, not moving his feet, and he didn't get back. So can you pin it on both of them? Sure. But I look at the guy that's the wide guy, and, you know, if you would have been moving across the ice, you would have probably uh, – Huberto would have probably had to probably flip it up in the air or something to get it by him. So that was my assessment, and that's what I tried to get across to our guys yesterday. And, but the big thing is, is like I said, time and score – and you have to be able to sense danger as a defenseman. And, you know, we're always kind of the – it's funny. Like, you know, it can get by us, and and it goes in the net, and it's our fault. There could be all these other things that lead up to it, but it's always a defenseman's fault. Yeah. So sometimes you get a little too much put on you. So I'm wondering, well, why you're paying this goalie $6 million a year. I'm not talking about Jake, but you're paying a goalie $5, 6000000 million a year. Why can't he stop a few of those? So – yeah, he probably didn't have his best game. I felt as though he was left out of, you know, DeBoer mentioned after the game, I think rightfully so. He was kind of left out to dry on a couple of these, you know, goals the other night. But, I mean, you know, he's DeBoer's also protecting his uh, goalie, so. Um, yeah, and, you know, I don't think, and I didn't watch the whole thing with Pete Singh after the game, but he's, and again, I couldn't tell you what he all said. I saw a little bit of what he said, but he's never been, this year to my knowledge, has been a guy that's going to throw his players under the bus, and nor should he, yeah. I think, because the season that they've had, you know, they, <clears throat> again, you take this as a teaching moment. That, that's what I would say. I would say they get in their video. If they would show them the same thing that I saw, if your people, I mean, if your feet would have been moving, you know, and, and so that, that might be something that may happen in the playoffs. And, and you look at it, you look at it the day after, and it'll stick in your mind. And when you get in the playoffs, which are, you know, 
Dallas is going to be in the playoffs, right? So you look at that 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 particular play right now, even though they didn't win that hockey game, um, that could be a really important play. When, you, when you're in game three, game four, you're trying to close out a series and something like that happens, I promise you he'll be in the middle of the ice if yeah. that happens in the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So now after the game, it seemed as though the players had a little bit of an excitement as far as going on the road. So, you know, as a guy who's done numerous road trips, both as a coach and a player, is it is it the bonding? Is it the the only thing that matters is hockey when you go on the road? Take take me inside because I think that's what Spitz and Suds loves about having you on the podcast. What why do players get excited to go on the road? Well, oh. reasons, <laughs> is it that different reasons from when I played? Uh. Them, <laughs> they're different players. So, <laughs> I mean, I told you the story, I think already when I told you they were in the hotel lobby and I went down there and there was a bunch of guys standing down there two, three years ago. We were in Anaheim. I think it was, I tell you that one night. No, I, no. Tell us. Uh, there was a bunch of guys down there uh, and they were the European guys, you know, it, it was the, the Finnish guys and stuff like that. And they were standing around the concierge. I went up to the room. We dropped our bags off. I went up to the room, put some jeans on, came back down. You know, they didn't play that night. Obviously, they played the next night. It's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and they're still standing around. I saw them when I went up there, and I'm like, what the hell? I wonder what they're doing. So I walk, come back down, and they're still standing by the concierge. So I kind of get nosy, and I walk in and say, hey, you guys want to know which bar to go to? What are you looking for? Are you looking for a biker bar? Are you looking for, you know, this kind of bar? Are you looking for a strip joint? What are you guys looking for? I know. I can tell you where to go. And they kind of looked at me like I had three heads, and they said, uh, no, we're looking for the closest Whole Foods. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, the players are different today. They take care of themselves 24-7, and, you know, that's just the way they are. But no, I, I think when, you know, it's, I think we're we're kind of creatures of habit, and, and we don't, we don't sit in one spot for a long time, and, and you get home, and, and if you're married, and you have kids, and you know, when you're home, which doesn't really, <laughs> this wasn't me, obviously, that's why I'm divorced. Um, <laughs> you know, what happens is you come home from a, a road trip and it's your time to take, you know, do the things with the kids, whether it be taking them to school or, you know, all that kind of stuff that the wives are always doing. And so they need their little break too. And, um, you know, and I think if you're home for a stretch and you're kind of like, oh, Jesus, I want to get in the hotel. We got room service. I can watch what I want. There's nobody yelling and screaming. We can go out with the guys, have a couple beers on the road. Because, <clears throat> you know, if I had to guess, and again, I'm, I'm talking about this generation, 
I would think when these guys are at home, when you're playing every other night or, you know, you got one game in three days, I don't know if they do get together and, and go like we were, you know, we were lived in Valley. I mean, we didn't live. We practiced over there in Valley Ranch and Cowboys Cafe was right down the street. We were there religiously yeah. as a group of guys. But again, that was a different time. So, um, you know, this is their chance to, you know, not have to take care of the kids and not have to maybe hear the screaming. And it's, it's, you look forward to that kind of little peace and quiet and, and, you know, you get to focus on your game and you're at that, you know, you're at that stage right now. And, you know, with, with the amount of games that are left heading into the playoffs, you're that's what, I mean, and I think the wives now or girlfriends, whatever they are, they've been around their guys probably, you know, a while now they understand, Oh, we're getting to that time of the year. And that's why at least for, for us, we were always made available uh, a hotel downtown Dallas when we were playing uh, playoff games at home. And so <clears throat> it was, it was your option but recommended, but your option, if you wanted to come down after the morning skate, say you played that night in, in the play, a playoff game. And, and so you could go over to the hotel, they would have meals set up for you, just like the road. And then you'd get, you know, your good rest or whatever, without any interruptions or whatever you want to call it, you know, for the couple hours pregame nap and things like that. Nice. So that's kind of when I think you're going on the road, you just kind of get to chill and relax and, you know, that kind of stuff. I would think the time would be good for Max Domi as well kind of hang with the players, you know, get some practice time with them and get to know them a little bit more too. Well, that's always like that for trade deadline. I mean, that's what, that's why GM, I believe that's why GM's not, well, there's a couple of reasons. I think that this whole deadline thing, I don't know what they, you know, that deadline day, <clears throat> you know, guys get out ahead of it. They get out ahead of it. They they would rather have more than 15 to 20 games for a player to get, you know, integrated into, into the rest of the group and who they're going to play with and, you know, you don't, I mean, you just look at the preseason. How many times do you see 30 games in and coaches are still tweaking lines, you know? And so now you're at the most important time of the year and you're trying to find some chemistry with players. Sometimes it just happens, you know, seamlessly, you know? So it looks like Max is playing, you know, that line that he was on, you know, the other night, it looked yep. like a good line. So, um, yeah, but I mean, he's a good player. He is. And Sean and I are excited to see the rest of the year because, you know, he's someone kind of on our radar that would provide some great depth, uh, you know, probably be about a four million dollar a year player, but you know, let's let's see what he can do. I mean, I I I love the pedigree, Craig, from you know, just looking at his Twitter account, the respect he has for players that have played, you know, sent out a great tweet about Chris Chelio, sent out a great uh, you know, honor to be playing on the same ice as you, Jamie Ben, you know, celebrating one thousand games. I mean, things like that. I just I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's this generation player. You would never see that before. Although there wasn't Twitter and stuff when we played, but that, yeah, you know, you wouldn't have to. You would just go have a beer and tell the guy that <laughs> you don't have to. Tweet it. You know, I'm like Jesus. Let's go have a beer and talk and hang out and you know because yeah. that, that's what we did when guys got traded. And I, you know, I remember when Huey came and Charles came and you know all those kind of guys. And when we came from Dallas to here and. You know, because it, it happened to me in Montreal. And, you know, I, I learned it from the guys in Montreal. Somebody got traded to Montreal, and we were like, hey, everybody's going to the Alexis Neon across the street. We're going to have lunch and beers. And that meant everybody was going. And, you know, new guy, well, it didn't matter if it was a new guy or not. We went there all the time, but that guy was coming. And, you know, and that's that's part of the responsibility of the leadership group. And, um, you know, so I, I think I think with Max, he's got that kind of personality that, you know, he, he's got a dad that played for a long time and, and Ty has got that outgoing personality. He's a fun guy. He's a funny guy, um, you know, away from the rink or off in the ice when he played. 
And, you know, although those kind of players are always the jokesters, you know, I mean, you, the, the, the tough guys were always a joke and they knew they could get away with it because half of the team was afraid of their own players were afraid of them. So they could get away with some of the pranks that you played. And, um, you know, so Max has got a good role model in his dad. And and it's funny, like it where and see <clears throat> the thing with Max is he seems to have, if you go back in his history, depending on what team he's gotten, because I think he's been on like what four or five teams now. And yeah. he's not it's not like he's been in the league for 15 years. Right. So, you know, he he gets a spot and he's good. And then he gets to another spot and he's kind of just, you know, average. It doesn't click or for whatever reason. So, I mean, you know, so hopefully this is the the clicking team. And he's off to a good start. And and I think that's an important key. I mean, as soon as you get here and you have a game and you feel good and you make some good plays and, you know, you get a point or two and you set up the right guys and, and then you just kind of build on that. And then the team's like, this is it. This is the piece we were missing um, or uh, the piece that, you know, needed to be added at this time. So, um, but, you know, like I said, and, but it seems like every time that Max has been moved, and if you're you just happen to be watching the first or second game that he gets here, there'll be a shot on TV of Ty. So you know that's what I mean about it. Yeah, he, he gets around. Um, he he supports his kid. He's there, and like I said, he he he's a big personality. So it, it's great to see. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh that's cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spits and Suds here. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Craig Ludwig. So last night in the NHL, Tampa beat the Flyers 5-2, to two, but another story emerged. The NHL player safety will have a hearing today with Tony D'Angelo, who was caught in a coming into a scrum and giving a spear to Corey Perry in the not so pleasant area, the stomach ache area, so to speak. Perry went down. The Tampa reaction was immediate. Uh, D'Angelo got tossed. Um, so he'll have a hearing. I'm expecting. Oh, well, I mean, it's definitely going to happen. He's going to get suspended, but I wanted to ask you because we just celebrated the trade deadline a few questions one did that ever happen when like what's over the line where you and your teammates when you played said oh this is on now this is way over the line because I mean I know it's it's part of the game but at the same time there's past the line can you remember an instance there really wasn't a line. There wasn't a line. <clears throat> you know, there might have been an invisible line or something like that. The so spearing was just natural. Yeah, that that was. I mean, but I will say, 
you know, the whole poke in the pants. I mean, he that, that was below the belly button, right? Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I, you told me, I looked at it a, a few different times just yeah. recently here. I I don't think it it got him in the jewels, okay? I, I don't think it did. It looked like it was a little higher. And we know Corey Perry. Corey Perry is a shit disturber, right? And, yes. and the, the, he's, he's great at it. Yes. And that's why he's like a Pat Verbeek. He's the kind of guy you hate to play against, but you love him on your team. I wish... Corey Perry was still here, in my opinion. I wish he would, wouldn't have left the next year <clears throat> or they would have brought him back, whatever it was, um, because he's a good guy in the playoffs. He knows how to get under your skin, and he'll take a punch. Um, and he, I, I guarantee if you watch that entire game, Perry did something somewhere along the line, uh, guaranteed. And, and that's why that happened. So, But it, it's a it's a dumb move. Um you can't get away with anything anymore no. today. I mean, you not can't. in HD. There's, no, no. There's too many game or too many cameras, and you know. So, um, and they they responded the right way. Tampa did, and and Tampa need honestly. When you think about it, there might be a couple teams that Tampa's got to play against coming up in the playoffs. Going, what the hell did you do that for? Because that was a bonding moment for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they went through a little thing. Coop called out, you know, his three top players uh, last week, sat him for a whole last period of a game, called him out in a right way, a very polite way, um, if you heard what he said. And and um, he was very uh, calculated in how he did it. And, you know, they are the three guys. They're they're what why we won Stanley Cups. They're the mm-hmm. guys that make the team go. But they weren't playing. And our rules are the same. And it's not just the superstars. And so all of a sudden, somebody comes in, pulls a stunt like that. And because when that, regardless of the score of the game, win, lose, whatever, but when that group got into the locker room after, they were all patting each other and jumping up and down. That could be a galvanizing moment that, you know, if they go on to do something in the playoffs, somebody might want to send that guy a a card for, you know, hey, thanks. Thanks for bringing us together. Did you ever or your teammates get in a scruffle, so to speak, and that player was then traded to your team? And what was that like when they walked into the locker room? Yeah, it's for the most part, it's gone. It's it's funny. Um, You know, it's like, hey, we know that's part of the game. Yeah, it's it wasn't the right move or whatever it may be. But but now you're part of this family. And, but, and the, and sometimes you're happy because you're like, you know what? Thank God. He's not going to be doing it to me anymore. He's going to be doing it to the guys on the other team. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like to play against a guy like Pat for beak was, was awful. And Beaker was all and Beaker was not a, you know, tall guy. And so he's at that level where he had this leverage and Beaker did the same thing all the time. And, and he could get under your skin. And, you, and then as soon as he walked into that locker room, I mean, we might, we should have thrown a parade. Everybody was, he was, he was a guy, he was a guy that we knew and we know, and then, you know, you're going to, you're going to get involved in more things because he's going to get you involved in things. You know, that's just, it kind of, it kind of brings it there. But again, those are, those are things that it brings teams together at the right time. Now I'm not talking about that kind of a stunt. I'm just talking about getting under player skins and, you know, and, you know, and he's not, this guy's not like this all the time, but he's a bit of a loose cannon anyways. He's had his, you know, he's had his speed bumps here along the way. Yeah. And, you know, 
On that note, I wanted to ask you, is there a player that when you were playing, let's just say you didn't get along with, but now you're friends? Um, no, not really. Okay. I, I can't, so it just stays I'm on the ice. Very, I'm not a very good, um, I'm not a very good guy. If I didn't play, there's very, very few that I actually even to this day, like Chelly's one, but I played with Chelly, you know, and then I played against Chelly, but I was never a good guy. If you're out in the bar the night before a game and you're in, you know, in the city and you run into the, those guys in a bar, I'm, I won't even go over and say hi to them. And if it's, even if it's after the game and we won the game three, nothing, I still wouldn't be. I, and, and to this day, I'm not good talking to guys that I didn't play with. I, I still look at them as an opponent. So, and, and they're all great guys because there's been times I've met a couple of them. I'm like, man, he's a good guy. I should have talked to him 15 years ago when I ran into him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just, I'm just not, I'm not the warm, fuzzy guy. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun, my friend. I, I like to go back when, you know, when we're, I mean, we, we recap the game a little bit, but I like going down memory lane and uh, the stars will be in Buffalo and it won't be the odd where you used to play. Uh, some great memories there, I'm sure, from your days in Montreal in the Adams division against the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, they've got uh, – this is a good test for these guys. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about Tage Thompson. Oh, man. Talk about coming onto the scene. Lindros-like? What's that? Lindros-like? Oh, no. No. Tage Thompson? Yeah. Got the size that plays in Buffalo. Yeah, he's got the size. Clearly, Lindros. Well, I'm just saying. You know, listen. Lindros was a scorer. Thompson can score. Lindros was like a semi truck out there. Well, that's true. Thompson doesn't do that. No, I know he doesn't have the physicality, but I'm saying like the size and the ability to score. Oh, dude, stick to tennis, man. (laughs) God. Oh no, that well then you could say what well, you want me to tell you that Connor McDavid is the same way the ability to score. No, no. I'm just saying Lindros, like when I see him on Lindros the ice, he's he's larger. Style. He's larger than the average forward, so therefore, you know, you yeah, don't. He was two forty. You don't see you don't see power forwards anymore as much as you know. Well, I mean, Kate Thompson's not a power forward, but I'm saying like size wise. <laughs> All right, I give up. I give up. Do the podcast oh, with Sean. Do the podcast God. with Sean. It's all good. Oh, Jesus. What time is your tennis match today? I don't play tennis anymore. Oh, God. Every no. once in a while, Lindros I, will. I, I coach. Not, Lindros is definitely not a comparison for me for Tage Thompson. Thompson has got the Ovechkin-like shot from that same spot. He is a dangler. I, I mean, I'm... I don't watch Buffalo play a ton, so I can't say I've ever seen him run anybody over to get to where he wants to go. Lindros played in straight lines. He went through you, unless Scott Stevens was on the ice. Then then he got tipped over. But <clears throat> no, that they're they're different players. And I, I I don't see I won't see Tage Thompson in the slot or in the crease basically punching guys in the face in order to score a goal. Thompson scores, you know, like, like when I, I think of a guy like Brendan Morrow, Brendan Morrow, how many goals Brendan scored in his career? I'd say 90% of them, 95% were within a foot of the crease. Lindros just owned the crease when he went there on the offensive zone. 
And this guy, Thompson can, Thompson can score from everywhere. I mean, he, he's a goal scorer. I mean, and again, he's, and he hasn't even started his big deal yet. He's on his old contract. He starts his big ticket, which I think is, I don't know, somewhere around 10 million, probably that doesn't even start till next year. He's probably sitting there going, damn, should have, should have held off, you know, but yeah, different player. Not no, a I, I, It's fine. That's fine. Just going to, just going to cite an article. He's a unique figure. We haven't seen a big man dominate like this since maybe Eric Lindros. Oh God, you're going to get pummeled. Don't write that article. I'm not, no, I'm not writing it. I just Googled Tage Thompson, Eric Lindros, and that came up. God, why do you get oh under my, my skin like this? I should be, you know what? <sighs> I'm excited about this six game road trip. Going to say a lot about this team. Two in Seattle is going to be fascinating. Mr. Ludwig, enjoy your road trip. I, I, I hope that you guys win. Oh, Oh, uh, well, we all do. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check in next week about that. <laughs> all right, but you guys got a good shot, though, right? Hey, we're going to be there. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, obviously, this group will compete. We're going to be there. Yep. And uh, it's it won't be like last year we were here. We won it. Uh, and this year... Um, will be a little bit different. So if we, again, you know, we're, we've got a younger team this year. Um, you know, if you, if they do the things that we've been trying to get them to do, then, then we'll make it difficult for the teams that we're going to play against. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what it comes down to it comes down to them guys between the pipes. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. He's Craig Ludwig, two time Stanley cup champion. Enjoy the flight. Enjoy Colorado. My man, I'm Gavin Spittle. We'll talk with Sean Shapiro on Friday, right here on spits and suds. Have a great day, everyone.